0: hello everybody and welcome to the first side road of the kachat it's the only sub series of a podcast brave enough to ask the question hey what are we gonna do while john's on paternity leave to answer that question we're having guests son, and i'm very very excited uh to introduce y'all to some of my friends have some unique perspectives on here uh, before I introduce you to our first guest host, I just want to establish, like, John's not here, so don't expect it to be exactly like when John's here. Uh, we may retread some ground we've already covered. Uh, the format may feel a little bit different. We may do a different kind of episode than you're used to, and it may be a little bit shorter or a bit longer than you're used to. I don't know. It, it is, I'm just I'm just doing this. John's not here. The, the reins are off. Actually, I would say I'm the reins, and John's the one who's off the reins. Anyway, I'm Lucas Southworth, <laughs> and uh, I will let our first ever The Kachat Side Roads guest introduce themselves.
1: Lucas, the whole time you were talking, I just kept thinking, what if I just didn't come in when he prompts me? What if I just leave it hanging so everyone has a moment of, is Lucas making this up right now? Is he doing a podcast with some sort of imaginary friend? And also, my name's Rob, and I want to uh, leave the possibility out there that I am just Lucas doing some voice work.
0: Okay, now that's interesting. I do like the idea of just fully, uh, since we're recording on different voice tracks, I could just not include your voice track in the final episode, I guess. But I'm probably not going to do that. I may have. You, the listener, know by this point, but who can say?
1: Yeah, the listener is just sort of doing a a fill-in-the-blank, almost like a choose-your-own-adventure podcast, uh, except the adventure is preset by Lucas.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's the worst game of Dungeons & Dragons you've ever played. If I'm doing this voice work, honestly, better than I've ever done. I've never been great at voices. Uh, (laughs) But This week, Rob has a surprise topic for me. He wouldn't tell me what it is, but I do want to see if I can guess it, Rob, if you'll allow that. (laughs) Okay. I feel pretty good about it, I gotta say.
1: Yeah, you Uh, feel confident?
0: I feel fairly confident, just because being myself and not being able to fully let go of the reins of the Kachat, as I've established one minute ago, uh, when Rob said, hey, do you mind if I just come in and it's a surprise topic? I was like, sure, but let me ask several questions. (laughs) Uh, One of them was he established that this would be an Orangen story. And then I was like, cool. Do you know that I've seen this or like know of the the, like property we'll be talking about? Uh, And Rob said, yes, I know you've seen it. And I want to guess that, you know, I've seen this. Because we saw it in the same theater together, and I was sitting two seats to your left.
1: Okay, an interesting guess. Uh,
0: because on the off chance that like I could get a wiki quote that might fit the theme, I was like, can you give me a keyword to look up? And you told me to look up Dynaco oil. And you've also several times, this is the biggest clue, several times asked us to do an origin story on The Good Dinosaur. So my guess is that we're doing an origin story on the good dinosaur.
1: Well, Lucas, you fall in for my elaborate ruse because that is not the topic of the day. Oh no! Yeah. What, what is it? Well, so let, let me let me let me talk around the topic for a second, and I'll sure. ease you into it. Now it is it is an origin story, which. Every time I say that out loud, I feel like I'm doing a pun on the word orange rather than engine.
0: <laughs> oh yeah, it's not it's not a good pun. We have we have on record never liked that title. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, so it is an Origin story, and we're going to be working. You, are, you're familiar with the the Pixar theory, yes?
0: Yeah, yeah. I've seen some videos on it and whatnot.
1: So I propose a, a slight addendum to that theory that Pixar has actually created uh, two universes here okay. you have uh, one universe that is more human centric you know it's got your toy stories your uh, Finding Nemo's your Insides Out all of your movies that clearly establish the existence of normal human beings as we know it sure and then you have a separate universe that does not follow that human trajectory. And at this point, I will—you uh, still got your the the Facebook message open. I'm gonna send a visual aid here to establish my my core thesis.
0: Okay, I'm excited. Okay, so fully, I was correct the whole time. <laughs> I was. No joke, shocked when you said, oh no, it's not The Good Dinosaur. I was like, oh man, I actually had done some theorizing to prepare myself, even though I wasn't supposed to do that.
1: Yes, it it was a classic double cross. Uh, Mm. So The Good Dinosaur, as we all know, opens with this wonderful shot of dinosaurs grazing and an asteroid coming, and then the asteroid shoots just past Earth and i think that was pixar saying to all of us this is a new timeline yeah a second universe where humans don't rise to supremacy and i guess my core argument here is that dinosaurs in that timeline eventually evolve into cars in some sort of bizarre convergent evolution uh, to parallel Uh, let's say universe a got it yeah
0: man i'm very excited because you know some of the origins we do like are just like of course we did that like christine or rubber whereas like eh, as a car and it's alive so uh cars come to life i guess (laughs) but man i do have a lot more fun with the pacific rims and i gotta assume the good dinosaurs <laughs> where it's just like okay uh rob has sent me an image of i should describe this image i'll also tweet it as the episode go- goes out so if you want to see it it's uh, it's pretty good uh it's arlo on the left from the good dinosaur with an arrow that says evolution pointing to chick hicks and right off the bat they are both green right uh, <laughs> so science clearly you've done your homework here <laughs> okay okay I'm, I'm excited uh especially because uh i'm sure you the listener don't know this unless you know rob and my girlfriend liz which several of you do uh <laughs> but i'm excited about this because i would say the good dinosaur i i i am not one of the people who dislike the good dinosaur i think the good dinosaur gets a bad rap But I also think it was like, it was a fine movie. It was pretty good. But I will say that my buddy Rob Miller here and my girlfriend Liz are maybe two of the biggest Good Dinosaur fans I've ever met. (laughs) (laughs) For probably different reasons. Uh, I think you were sitting beside Liz in the theater, if I remember right, when we saw this. Do you remember the fact that she started crying 10 minutes into the movie and then just didn't stop for the rest of
1: it i I do not recall that but it does not surprise me one bit uh knowing liz and knowing the incredible power of the good dinosaur to tug at one's heartstrings uh, yeah it all makes perfect sense
0: i mean arlo's just an anxious little guy who's trying his best and he is he is doing
1: his best isn't he
0: it's a good movie i will fully say that it gets a bad rap and it is underrated (laughs) but I don't know that I like it as much as either of you, but I'm excited for you to maybe change my mind by connecting it to cars which I like less than it. So maybe right. that won't happen, but... yes,
1: <laughs> It'll make you, I think, appreciate The Good Dinosaur more. <laughs> sure, In why comparison, not? So the primary reasonings, I guess, for why this theory makes complete and total sense... If we look at the good dinosaur, we see that these non-human entities uh, are developing in a remarkably parallel path to humanity, right? We see the dinosaurs, they're farming, they're herding cattle of some sort, (laughs) cattle parallels, (laughs) <laughs> they're uh, chasing storms, as humans love to do. They are distinctly non-human, but they're the world that they are building lines up perfectly with human history, which we know is Carr's world. Yeah. It it is inexplicably parallel to humanity.
0: Yeah, and it 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 seems like the action of the good dinosaur isn't
1: fully modern yet to me Mm -hmm. like it's it's early it's early uh civilization
0: yeah like arlo and his family seem like a mix between like early early civilization and maybe something more akin to like uh an american west pioneer family something in that world is what they feel like to me
1: yeah, it it treads a strange line where if you just look at the Arlo family farm in isolation, it could be pretty early human or dinosaurs developing agriculture. Thank you. But then we do also have pretty blatant uh, cowboy parallels. So somewhere, somewhere in the past is where this... Uh, lines up right yeah but we also get to see they are doing all of this building these farms uh, raising these crops constructing uh, rope snares and and stone structures and everything without
0: hands yes this is the point i wanted Mm -hmm. to get to
1: yep Mm -hmm. go ahead and i i know that has been uh, a subject of some fascination on this podcast <laughs> is the things cars have been able to accomplish without hands. And I think Good Dinosaur sets a strong precedent for handless dexterity.
0: Yeah, I was, when I was thinking about this, when I became certain that this was the subject, uh, <laughs> I was very excited about the fact that we wouldn't have to go from humans to cars. Uh, we wouldn't have to go from a species that has become so used to their hands to one who doesn't have any. And, like, the fact that we, they have already come up with hundreds of solutions uh, for not having hands. Well, I guess some of, like, the Tyrannosauruses or whatnot would have hands, but, like, very ineffective ones. Yeah. Uh, no
1: thumbs, at the very least.
0: Yes. Uh, really excites me about this one. <laughs> <laughs> So, okay, we've got The Good Dinosaur. Set in the past, of course there aren't cars yet. There, are, There isn't any machines. They plow the fields with their little heads, and that's pretty cute. <laughs> the whole action of the movie happens. I don't really think, in a lot of and stories, we feel the need to like retread the plot of the movie, and I don't know how much we need to do that with this one, uh, because everyone's seen The Good Dinosaur. Uh, right. <laughs> but more... More because we're going to pool, I feel like, very specific things from it, and we'll just talk about those when we need to, you know?
1: Yeah, no, I mean, the, the, the story, the plot doesn't set up for cars. It's more of a slice of life Yeah, yeah. Uh, from this era of early car history.
0: <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, and another thing I was thinking about that got me excited about this one uh, besides the hands, is that we've already got like societies based on the land, societies who fly in the sky, mm-hmm. and societies mm-hmm. that live in the water. Yeah. Because <laughs> uh, if you didn't know, dinosaurs can do all those things, and we even see some of them do those things in the movie *The Good Dinosaur*. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, uh, what what is a storm chasing pterodactyl if not a distant ancestor of dusty crophopper.
0: I mean, if I've said it once, I'd be surprised. But I'm going to keep saying it now. Uh, <laughs> so, I have a few thoughts about the connection of like the missing link basically. Sure. But but I would like to if if you have if you have a few for you to go ahead and and tell me how you think dinosaurs turn into cars. Well, God, I'm excited. I think
1: <laughs> I, I think we should look at what 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 would you use what words describe a car to you? because to me it's uh, a hard outer carapace. sure <laughs> uh, a a low to the ground sturdy frame uh, and a powerful spiked tail. Uh, yes, of course, <laughs> the, the three hallmarks of any car. And we have the beautiful dinosaur, um, ankylosaur, ankylosaur, I never know how people want to say it. Who does? That meets all of these criteria, right? Yes. So I propose to you the ankylosaur as a a natural stepping stone on the evolutionary path. Now where I do run into some trouble with this line of evolution (laughs) is um, wheels and interchangeable mechanical parts. But I I I would guess somewhere along the line, you know, they develop they start developing prosthetics mm-hmm. and maybe some sort of climate catastrophe. Because we have, you know, humans, our world humans. I don't know if you've picked up on this, but we're wrecking the climate with our industriousness, let's say. Sure. Imagine that based around life forms that are significantly larger for us. Everything's scaled up. It's gonna be much worse because of the the dirty dinosaur capitalists.
0: I mean, and Uh, it's already pretty bad, folks. Uh,
1: (laughs) So at some point I, I, I assume they solved that problem via technological exoskeletons of some sort? I'm just spitballing here.
0: I think you're right that our biggest issue is the connective tissue here between uh what we see in the good dinosaur and what we see in cars but before we dive into that uh, more i know we already started but i do want to <laughs> get into just much like we saw we're talking about some evidence from the good dinosaur that points towards cars uh, I mean, we gotta talk about the fact that Dinoco is a thing, in cars pointing back. Uh, right.
1: Pure uh, <laughs> existence of dinosaur confirmed.
0: Like, I don't know what to tell you. We've always struggled with that. Why is there a dinosaur? <laughs> hey, cars, why is there just a dinosaur that canonically exists in the logo of your oil company? And not just one. I, I went back and checked, because I was pretty sure this was the case, but The Dinoco logo has appeared as three different dinosaurs. Uh, In Toy Story, which is actually the first appearance of Dinoco, like the famous gas station scene, uh, you are a toy, you are a sad, strange, delusional man, and you have my pity. The gas station they're at is a Dinoco gas station, and there the logo is an Apatosaurus. In Cars, it's a Tyrannosaurus. Uh, And apparently uh, in Cars Land... (laughs) In, in Disneyland, Disneyland uh, the logo is a stegosaurus. So huh. not just one dinosaur has been confirmed to exist, but at <laughs> least three. Uh, and more than this, and this is where, like, I meant to say this at the beginning spiel, also, don't expect our guests to know as much about cars as I do. That would be wild. I don't expect <laughs> me to know as much about cars as I do. Uh, but in... The <laughs> in the cut version of Mater's Tall Tales, uh, they were going to do a time travel one called Backwards to the Forwards, uh, which they fully storyboarded out. In which Mater travels through time and travels back to the past and meets a full Tyrannosaurus, like just a normal one. So what? it's always <laughs> been there. The evidence from the car side, and I can't establish how much I don't know why it's always been there but maybe this is it this has been the plan the whole time
1: this yeah this is the uh, the only reasonable timeline for the car's universe <laughs> yes
0: now I, I want to catch you up you may be familiar but at least catch the listener up on a theory that John and I have had regarding the manufacturer mm-hmm. uh, the manufacturer is is... In a throwaway line in the original Cars, uh, Mac, when he sees lightning, he goes, oh, thank the manufacturer, like, thank God. Wild. (laughs) Already. (laughs) But uh, one thing John and I have established is if the manufacturer isn't a literal deity, and honestly, I don't remember how we came to this conclusion, maybe it's an underground race of humans who do everything for the Cars.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Lucas, I'm so glad that you are bringing this up.
0: Yeah, because I think that's our ticket from Good Dinosaur to Cars, because there are humans in the Good Dinosaur. Importantly. So importantly.
1: Yeah. the good. If anything, the Good Dinosaur uh, is a story of the forging of a um, symbiotic relationship between dinosaurs yes. and the uh, primitive humans
0: the good dinosaur establishes something of a dog to human relationship Mm -hmm. uh between humans and dinosaurs and i've got to establish the humans are the dogs (laughs) because our protagonist arlo finds a young human child who he names spot i think yep (laughs) Uh, so yeah he's explicitly a dog uh but he's a person. (laughs) and
1: (laughs) And they howl that's the best thing about the dog humans yeah (laughs) for some reason the humans do imitations of dogs howling
0: you know like people would do if dinosaurs never died Rob, right this has been a theory for a long time this (laughs) is established science (laughs) so i mean I don't know how much I need to spell out what I was saying, but I don't know, that relationship continues and continues and continues until the humans are just building a society for the car dinosaurs, eventually building them, you know, robotic exoskeletons that they ride around in. Yeah. Bada bing.
1: (laughs) I mean, it makes perfect sense to me. (laughs) If we could take a just hard left turn i love Uh, hard left turns
0: john (laughs) or man that was no that's right
1: i i am your john now (laughs) oh Um, no (laughs) i've prepared a little side segment that i'm very excited about it has nothing to do with the good dinosaur but um i've noticed that you and john are quite quite the experts at car puns i don't know about
0: that but go ahead
1: (laughs) And I have prepared a titleless segment um, in which I'm going to describe to you. I'm going to give you like a, a one sentence synopsis of a carified movie, and I want you to tell me the the car pun title. There is a, a correct answer for each of them.
0: So what this is is work of fart from my brother and my brother and me. But certainly work certainly cart.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, oh man! See, you're already so good. <laughs> Work yeah, of but... art, yeah. I wanted to carry on the tradition of um, my brother, my brother, and me inspired content. <laughs> inspired
0: is a is doing a lot of work <laughs> in that phrase. <laughs> uh, we f- full cloth steal from them constantly, but I'm <laughs> excited and I'm ready, baby.
1: All right, so I have a few of these. Uh, I think I'm just gonna do three the three my three favorites. So first off, <clears throat> a car lands a dream job at a prestigious paint job magazine, but that dream quickly turns to a nightmare when she ends up the assistant to a mean old luxury vehicle.
0: Okay. So, okay, the actual movie is The Devil Wears Prada. I'm almost certain. Might be Cruella. I haven't seen Cruella. Uh but I'm pretty sure it's The Devil Wears Prada. <laughs> uh
1: I don't want to give you a hint, but that the that line of thought that you're on, it, it's the perfect setup to getting to the answer. I'm sure it is. Uh, Lucas, you are so close. What's Cruella's last name? Deville. Uh-huh. Oh, okay. And what word does that sound like? <laughs> it sounds like devil. Yeah. Sure.
0: <laughs> I'm following you
1: okay let's let's give a little context. You know that a Deville is a model of car, right?
0: Honest to God, I don't I didn't <laughs> it is
1: it's it's a it's an old luxury car. I think it's a type of Cadillac Cadillac Deville, so the Deville
0: wears Prada, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay yeah
1: honestly if if you had i I got to that because I recently saw Cruella and they make a joke about um driving a Deville mm, okay. All right, I, I like
0: that one. That was that was very good if I had known it.
1: <laughs> uh five very different young cars are stuck spending their whole Saturday in traffic school, where they discover they're actually not so different after all.
0: Okay. Right off the bat, I've got two thoughts. Oh no, it's it's the breakfast club. It sure is. <laughs> okay, yeah, no, that's that was always going to be it. I don't know what I was talking about. <laughs>
1: All right, uh, this will be the last one. <clears throat> the coming-of-age story of a young car's life told over the span of 12 years.
0: Oh, what's that? Uh, okay, it's... Oh, I think it's just... Is, is it still boyhood? <laughs> it certainly is. Just boyhood. <laughs> those, are, <laughs> those are some of my favorites. I can't think of an example right now, but sometimes we don't have to change the words at all, and... <laughs> For the titles. My 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 other favorite one ever is we did one about relationships. And we could have just called it relationships, but we called it relation boats instead. And I'm <laughs> proud of that to this day. I think it was John's idea to give him credit, I guess. Yeah.
1: When I was trying to come up with those, I, I would say the majority of movie titles that I thought of were like that, were already... Uh, car puns
0: and I don't know if you experience this or not but I'll talk about my experience of usually being the one who comes up with the episode title pun did you find yourself just always using the word car when you were trying to do it and being like I can do something better than just car I I
1: <laughs> I very quickly set a rule for myself that I would do nothing that could be car.
0: <laughs> yeah, that that's it, it's a crutch quite frankly and one that I will not release soon because <laughs> I don't know man these are hard. It's it's good when we go back to a uh sub like a a mini series like Orange and Stories because I've already come up with the title for that one. <laughs> I don't have to come up with anything. I just get to say orange stories, the good dinosaur. I don't got to do
1: any more work than that.
0: Man, I liked that a lot. I may, ha- I may either steal that or make John steal that once he's back.
1: Well, you're very welcome. Thank you. So, anyway, yeah, but uh, dinosaurs. <laughs> What's up dinosaurs, with dinosaurs? Dino cars, carosaurs. Okay. <laughs> I do want to take a second to highlight the implications of. Um, Dynaco as a gas station i'm sure you guys have talked about how you know how gas work how oil works in Ooh, man, the dinosaurs
0: oh no in this universe though
1: yeah this this puts a, a a real haunting vibe on it um
0: yeah that's okay so no yeah i'd like to spend a bit more time on that uh, okay in this universe we're assuming the cars evolve from dinosaurs but like explicitly gas is gathered in the same way because one, the logo of Dinoco is a dinosaur. And two, I think there's like a fossil fuels joke in cars too, if I remember right. So, huh? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that I like that, but also I do like it
1: because <laughs> it's horrible. <laughs> it, uh, it makes me wonder how recent the evolution was yeah they like switched from i don't know raising corn crops or whatever they were growing in the good i think it was corn right if i remember right yeah at what point they became so mechanized that they transitioned to sort of cannibalism yeah (laughs)
0: yeah okay okay let's okay
1: okay (laughs) and like it's it's not exactly cannibalism right yeah, that's it's, that's the issue. It's a, a moral gray area. Yeah,
0: I mean, it's, it's akin to, like, I don't know, like, if we gathered our oil from, like, archaeological sites, mm-hmm. which, I, I don't know that I would... Reframing it like that, I don't know that I would call that morally gray. I'd call that pretty bad. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I think you're right that it's important for how bad this is, to think about the time gap in between the good dinosaur and cars. Yeah. Because, like, that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't... That that takes... That doesn't take that long, though. Like, on the scale of the universe, you know?
1: <laughs> but on the scale of the evolutionary trajectory from yeah. dinosaur to car, it's a sizable amount of generations. <laughs> sure. You know?
0: Especially given, like, there were things that I would describe as, like, technology in in The Good Dinosaur, like, in a very, like, broad sense of the word, not mm-hmm. like, not like today's sense of the word that usually people used to mean, like, electronics, but, like, they had tools, yeah, they had, like, snares, they had, like, a pulley system, I think, to get stuff into their, like, silo, but past, like, that, they were... They were, I mean, they were very capable of doing like everything else just by being dinosaurs (laughs) because like watering the crops, they just took a big old drink and they spit it across an entire field of crops. Right. I already mentioned how they could plow with their, with their dome piece and (laughs) they don't need things like domesticated horses that they do have domesticated animals in this, but they don't need horses because there's an incredible scene, uh, in which they are herding. I think they're just literal. I think they 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 aren't even like dinosaur. I think they're just cows, uh, and they're herding I cows. I couldn't
1: remember what it was a herd of.
0: Yeah, unfortunately, but those definitely definitely evolved tractors, obviously. Uh, obviously, <laughs> but I was going to say there's an incredible scene in which there's a tyrannosaurus who's herding a bunch of cows, and he's got his two kids, and to do it they gallop like horses and their little arms like bounce up and down as if they have reins in them, but Mm -hmm. it just looks very silly. And that (laughs) had to have been their intention. They didn't, they didn't expect the audience to be like, ah, man, cool. Love. (laughs) This makes
1: this, this cool. That is is the way a Tyrannosaurus Rex would run. Yes.
0: (laughs) Cause they fully have a gallop in their step. They're not just running normally. (laughs) <laughs> uh but i've gotten off track uh
1: <laughs> well but that <laughs> that beautiful majestic gallop that they do i think uh further supports uh what i'm going to call multiverse drift where Ooh. we have uh, human like behaviors and concepts drifting from the the pic- the human centric pixar verse across through the folds of time and space into the non-human-centric Pixarverse uh, and influencing the way they behave and develop.
0: I mean, John and I have that whole episode about Nexus people <laughs> like Jay Limo and uh, a lot of racers <laughs> and the Queen of England who are very clearly just real people. John Lassatire is a favorite. Uh
1: Oh, no, I didn't know that was a character that existed.
0: Oh, no, yeah, he's fully <laughs> hes fully in there. He's a yellow pickup truck. Uh, it's, it's weird, especially because he's the head of Pixcar Studios. I can't get into it right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> go listen to the Nexus episode if you want. Uh, I can't remember what we called it. But I think there's already evidence of, like, our universe if not the pixar human universe polluting the cars first you know so yeah. cuz like i mean that's all we talk about is why are cars doing the things the way humans would do them why mm. wouldn't they do them the way cars would do them that is the the conceit of the podcast
1: and and that same question can be raised for dinosaur behavior <laughs> yes which <it> just <laughs> it's irrefutable proof that the two are connected absolutely absolutely
0: but you know i think this is a good time for me to go over to the rob give me a name for the wiki quote of the day segment
1: uh give me that rob give me a name a uh, segment of the day did i do that right is that how john does it honest to
0: god i, I don't know what the hell john does there uh <laughs> He just sort of sounds like he has a stroke, but in a funny way that I enjoy. So <laughs> I, I don't, I don't mention it. Uh, but this time we are going over to, of course, World of I, you know, I wouldn't do anything but the best for your appearance, Rob. So we're <laughs> gonna go over to World of Cars <laughs> uh but slash wiki slash Dynaco girls. And if you remember, Rob, there are a few in the. F- probably not just in the first Cars movie, but definitely in the first Cars movie, uh, you see in the background, like, the Dynaco tent. And it's, like, their, like, sponsor area where they just do stuff for the crowd. And on mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. there are some sexy, sexy car ladies. The fellas know what I'm talking about.
1: Oh yeah. Uh,
0: and all, all they are is their blue Cars with like feathers on them, uh, like feather hats, like showgirls have. And I don't have a ton from this. I mostly just wanted to talk about, I just wanted to bring them up, honestly, <laughs> but I do want to establish, I'll read their bio, because you know I love the bios. Uh, so we're going down to the bio, and it's, Those nine blue feathered beauties on deck at the Dynaco publicity tent. They're the Dynacuties wow uh, I... no there's more uh but that that is that that's that's what you should react to that that was the reason to read their bio but going on they're the last dancers standing after a fierce international competition in which the gals all lived in a giant dorm and competed for dominance on television on the final episode the king strip weathers hand-picked the winners which One, the tiniest thing in the world. He didn't handpick the winners. He doesn't have hands. You can't do this to me, cars. But they are also known as the Dinocuties, which I hate a lot.
1: Just like a lot. Yeah, there's... um, I mean, I don't know how much of it was just your inflection, but there was a lot about that that I did not like one bit.
0: No, and like I was fully playing it up in the way to make it sound gross. But like I didn't have to do all that much work <laughs> to get it there.
1: Now I don't I don't have the same depth of knowledge on sure. cars. So I cannot picture what the uh tiny cuties look like. It says they're feathered?
0: Oh yeah, I just sent you the link to the the article on Facebook if you want to take a glance. Uh, They're not feathered all over, they have like a big feathery hat like Vegas showgirls do. Yeah,
1: that's some plumage.
0: And you know what dinosaurs had, but not in the good dinosaur, but some of them maybe did? Feathers. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: So I propose to you, these are not big feathery hats that they're wearing. Uh, these are the the Dinoco girls are selected f- from the small percentage of the car population that still has their some some vestigial plumage.
0: Man, this is rough for me because there's very little I enjoy more in the cars first than the cars wearing a hat. Because <laughs> like one, it's just funny because it's a big hat, and I and who's immune to just a large hat on a car uh yep. but just like stuff like that and there's been a car like wearing a pair of glasses once that i think about constantly
1: <laughs> i mean even if the the it's it's even if it's biological plumage they are still wearing big tiaras so you still yes. have that
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes so i i don't have to give up the, the hats completely you're absolutely right so i'll say yeah they <laughs> these are dinosaurs <laughs> And I want it to line up with squishy bit theory. Uh, So I still want to say the the outer shell is fully mechanical. But maybe they just got that sunroof open, baby. Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) Squishy bit
0: as some feathers poking on through.
1: (laughs) Oh, This is a horrifying, horrifying thing you do, Lucas.
0: Yeah, yeah. I know this isn't the point of the episode that you brought specifically for my podcast. But the idea of sexualizing the cars is so I'm not gonna say interesting, because it's not, but it is deep. It's it's easy to think about deeply. Yeah. Cause I mean, obviously the issue is that they're cars, which is mm. usually the issue. <laughs> but I don't know. We don't have to get into that. It's just every time they do sexualize the cars. There's a ringing in my brain that won't go
1: away for a while. <laughs> now I would like to get into it a little bit. Okay, uh, I've, I'm down <laughs> the clown. Let's do it. Because looking at this image that you've sent me, <laughs> um, I mean, we're we have to assume that this is sort of the the pinnacle of car beauty, right? Or at least like car commercialized attractiveness.
0: Yeah, like, like car beauty standards. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I'm, I'm just going to name some of the things that stand out to me about these cars in comparison to um, my memory of what other cars look like in this universe. Sure. Their mouths seem really small. Right. I they... don't know what... <laughs> <What's>... Okay, <laughs>
0: I'll, I'll let you just list the whole list, because if I react every time, we're not going to get anywhere. Go ahead.
1: They're... I guess guess curvier but it's (laughs) not exactly like like a a curved shape it's they're just kind of like round they're kind of round in comparison to what i would expect a car to be shaped like like the sides bulge out a little bit the 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 front is kind of like bubble shaped Um, and they're uh, shiny they're very very shiny
0: (laughs) which is something we've seen god i it, it's nice to talk to someone who isn't john because i can complain about the plague that my mind has become <laughs> after doing a hundred episodes of this of just being able to immediately go like oh and shininess has been uh, an explicit sexualization in this other scene because it has uh, <laughs> because when lightning is daydreaming about uh, becoming the Dynaco sponsor. He, like, takes Mia and Tia with him, who are another classic Carsverse example of weird sexualization. Sure. And it shows him in, like, a penthouse after he's won the Piston Cup, and the Mia and Tia have gotten a new paint job, and they are solid gold. Wow. They are literally made to resemble the trophy that he's won, which is a lot yeah (laughs) (laughs) but but if if we don't dive in and we've established lightning mcqueen is a pretty bad misogynist at least at the beginning of cars if not throughout so that's maybe more of a comment on lightning mcqueen than pixar which is a weird statement to make but (laughs) the point is shininess has been established as a thing that makes cars
1: sex sexier I guess. Is it like, does it mean they're like freshly waxed? I don't like that. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's a thing, right? You no, wax I, a I car know. to make it gleam like that.
0: I mean, yeah, I think it does mean that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like it because of our connotation of the word waxing. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh <laughs> huh. But yes, I think it does mean that. I do want to talk about their their curves a little bit more. Didn't like how that came out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, Cause that was the big thing for me. I, I did notice their weird small mouths and the fact that they are weirdly shiny, but the fact that they just have softer features, like no hard edges is yeah. the big thing for me of like, what sets this apart from every other car we see in the show or in the movie.
1: Yeah, it's kind of like if you left a car out in the sun and it, like, started to melt a little bit and then you brought it back inside and it rehardened.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll agree with that. (laughs) I did. (laughs) I did, like, when you said that it seems like their sides come out a little bit more because I almost went like, hey, yeah, fellas, we all know. We all want... We all want that. We all know. (laughs) But... I decided against it, but then I decided to do it anyway, which is something I do a lot on this show Uh that I wish I didn't. But, you know, then I do anyway. So it's a never-ending cycle. Do you want to talk about dinosaurs more, or are we just going to do this the whole time?
1: Um, I want to do, I have another small segment for you. Okay, (laughs) I'm excited. This is my second favorite segment of the two segments that I've prepared. Okay, Uh, I call this one Kowow. Now, sure. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're familiar with uh, the voice actor behind Lightning McQueen. Have you heard of Owen Wilson, Lucas? You
0: know, I have. Uh, he's making waves. He's Mobius and Loki, mm-hmm. and I mm-hmm. think he's done a few other
1: projects. Are you familiar with his sort of catchphrase?
0: Yeah, I think it's less his catchphrase and more the internet's catchphrase they've forced upon him.
1: Well, six of one, half dozen of the other.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> so Owen Wilson says his trademark catchphrase that he loves and coined himself. Wow. In uh and I'm not I'm not gonna attempt a good impression of it, but he says wow in uh twenty-seven different movies for a total of eighty-one wows. Now, I have a list here in front of me that breaks down all of those movies, how many wows were in each one. And I want you to do some guessing for me, Lucas. First off, I want you to guess what movie Owen Wilson said. Wow. In the most times.
0: Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can do this right off the bat. I don't think it's any of the cars movies. Like he'll drop a wow every once in a while, but like, I don't, think that often as lightning okay what else is he in uh don't think it would be any of the night at the museum movies either where he's that little cowboy because I don't know how much that he is that little cowboy (laughs) he sure is that little cowboy and he's in love with that little roman guy even though they won't they're too chicken to establish that (laughs) but let's see Is he in Wedding Crashers? Am
1: I remembering that right? He is. He is in Wedding Crashers. I'll throw out Wedding Crashers. (laughs) So that is incorrect. It's close, though. Wedding Crashers is tied with a few other movies for second most WoWs. The, The record holder with seven WoWs is, uh, shockingly Midnight in Paris. Huh.
0: That's... Okay. That's <laughs> it, It's been a minute since I've interacted with Midnight in Paris, but that's like a more serious movie, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, my my theory, right, is that he's meeting all of these historical figures in Midnight in Paris. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I guess it's just, oh man, you're uh, F Scott Fitzgerald? Wow. Yeah. Just that for every every historical figure he meets. Uh, your second question, compared to we're we're gonna do some comparisons. So, do you think there are more wows in cars or in Marmaduke? I mean, it's gotta be Marmaduke. I don't it know why. It is not.
0: It is not. But the there dog's are, so
1: big. It's a very big dog. But <laughs> hey, the thing. cargo fast. That's wow. true. All right, uh, cars or the internship?
0: Now, the internship's
1: not one I've seen.
0: And uh, I was... That one
1: is he and I think Vince Vaughn again? Probably. Are interns for Google. Got it. But they're okay. old. They're oh. old. <laughs> what a
0: twisted web they weave. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I was going into this thinking cars wouldn't be that much. But if he's saying more wows in cars than when that dog is just so big... I'm I'm going to keep following the Cars train.
1: It is. It, cars beats out the internship. Okay. <laughs> All right. Cars 2 mm. or Shanghai Knights. We're going to do okay. a sequel comparison here. Sure.
0: Now, Lightning doesn't have as big of a part in Cars 2 as in Cars 1 or 3, but he's still like, you know, in a lot of scenes. But it's also a bit of a sillier movie. Mm
1: -hmm. I'm going to go with my gut, uh, Shanghai Nights. You nailed it. Mm. All right. Your final question. How many times, uh, let's do how many times across the cars franchise? Okay. Does he say wow?
0: Okay. So the knowledge we've gathered, the most ever is seven.
1: In a single movie? In a single movie, yeah.
0: So it's no more than 21. (laughs) uh we also know that in cars it is a higher number than a couple other movies in cars 2 it's a lower number than at least one movie this information doesn't really help me all that much i'll say eight
1: that is very close ah okay it's a total of seven times ah, we okay. get uh one wow in cars 2 six in the original cars really? uh, wow. tying it for second place with Marley and Me, Hall <laughs> Pass, and Wedding Crashers, incredible. Uh, and apparently zero wows in Cars Three, well, so he's not all that impressed with Cruz Ramirez.
0: Oh, that's that's the whole first of the movie is he's like oh, a child woman can't be me. <laughs> Good stuff. Good stuff, man. I haven't seen a lot of Owen Wilson movies, but. That segment didn't really make me want to see very many more of them. <laughs> Maybe Marmaduke, because the dog is really big. It's a that's big pretty, dog. That's pretty know, funny. We,
1: they're doing Clifford now, so uh, like, do you really want to watch the movie about the second biggest dog? See, that's the thing. Clifford,
0: that's just ridiculous. Dog can't be that big but Marmaduke just hovers on the edge of believability, <laughs> yeah. you know? It's, I it's could
1: the realism of Marmaduke that yes. draws you to it. <laughs>
0: yes, exactly. It, it's a really grounded franchise, <laughs> <laughs> really down to earth, and I really respect that about it.
1: But I have not seen the Clifford trailer, but I heard that he eats a pug in it. Oh, no. And it's like a lovable accident and he like spits the pug back up. But he eats a pug.
0: The fact that he would have that instinct is troubling. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Like he was reprimanded. uh, Presumably, I haven't seen this. I hope so. And was like, oh, my bad. Not supposed to eat this. Got it. But the fact that the dog the size of a school bus Mm. has the thought in the first place Ah, a tiny creature. Okay, let's let's do it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I dogs love putting things in their mouths and eating this. things that they should not eat. So uh, a dog that size with that instinct, it's gonna cause problems.
0: And you know, ain't that the whole point? Is the dog's too big? Uh, that's That's the real plot of Marmaduke and Clifford, is the dog's just too big and Sue. <laughs> they're just <laughs> making the problems a bit more dire
1: they're raising the stakes for live action clifford and who can blame them okay
0: the good dinosaur is a prequel to cars
1: it is it is definitively a prequel to cars i don't think i have any more
0: <laughs> sure. for you
1: on the subject i think it's it speaks for itself in many ways sure
0: last thing i maybe want to dig into a bit more is that symbiotic relationship between humans and the dinosaurs Mm -hmm. i don't know like because humans have like i don't know i guess you could say enslaved dogs sure but like the work that dogs do for us is like pull us on sled and sniff for bomb and guard room and it's not build society, you know
1: right but I think we have to think of it less a, as a human is dog and more in terms of um, the symbiotic relationship as a whole right human yeah. human with dog dog does thing human can't do human yeah. can't smell bomb. I, you can't. You may think you can, Lucas, but you cannot smell the bomb. I can smell
0: the bomb, I just can't discern it from not-bombs. Importantly.
1: <laughs> touché. Touché. Uh, so we need dog to smell bomb. Dinosaur, no thumbs. They can do a lot with their with their dino mouths and tails and little T-Rex Hands, but they're gonna they're gonna hit a point where they just don't have the dexterity for um, electrical wiring. Let's yeah. say, yeah, a well trained human. Look at those thumbs; they fill the need for the dinosaurs, and they don't have to. I, I don't know to what degree human intelligence develops in this dinosaur dominated world, but they don't have to fully understand what they're doing. You know,
0: yeah, and. Spot, while he was a dog man, like showed some semblance of intelligence, like yeah, like he drew his family, uh, like which is something above like untrained like elephants can do, you know, and, and like so I think they would have that those abilities after evolving alongside the dinosaurs for that long, and especially I think the dinosaurs. As they (laughs) make them like, hey, make us new bodies so we can do stuff that we previously couldn't would like have less and less of a need for them to be ever present, Mm -hmm. which is why we don't see them as much like they still have need for them. But they're like, like lightning can pave the road in the original cars. They don't need the humans to do that. Like Ramon can paint stuff. They don't need the the humans, the manufacturer, uh, the human manufacturers. Man, I don't know Incredible. how we haven't done that one uh, <laughs> to to come and do it for them. But there are still things. I think electrical wiring is a perfect example of a, something that they would still require them for.
1: That does kind of make it a huge bummer, though the the arc of that relationship. Oh, fool, man. <laughs> in the good dinosaur dinosaur and man learn to learn to love each other and be best friends and go on a big adventure and somewhere between there and cars they develop this symbiotic relationship between the species uh man is dinosaur's best friend but eventually it hits a tipping point where dinosaurs need them less and less until we get to the world of cars where they are, what buried in a cave somewhere?
0: That's that's basically the thought, yeah, that we've had. I, I was sort of toying with the thought just there that maybe they're just also in the car somewhere, mm. uh, and they just let them out. They and are like go
1: absorbed within <laughs> the
0: cars. Like they just open the trunk when they're like, ah, eh, I don't know, we got to do some soldering. Go, go, boy. <laughs> Uh,
1: but... Oh man, I love I love the idea that throughout all of the cars movies, some there are some um, responsible human owners who just have hidden inside of them little human pets that they never release into the world.
0: <laughs> and, and but it's not important. Don't worry about it. It's, <laughs> we're here to watch a man race and also. A different man go on a spy mission once uh (laughs) but i would say as a weird dumb piece of evidence for that there is a little short uh in which the animators at pixar talk about how difficult it is to deal with the fact that the cars don't have hands Mm -hmm. uh where they like go into a thing where like lightning needs to bring out a map to show sally and they're like how does he get a map And one of their joke suggestions is they open the trunk and a monkey comes out and just has the map. (laughs) So I think we're closer to something than you might expect (laughs) that that little short is called McQueen doesn't have hands. It's very, it's man, just a foundational rock for this podcast. If you haven't seen it, Uh, I love that each time. We do an Origin story. Uh, John and I do two ratings for it each. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do the first rating, uh, and they're both out of 10, uh, for how much fun we had just doing it. Like, not anything about, like, how good of a job we did or anything. Just, I don't know. I had a lot of fun saying some weird stuff about dinosaurs. (laughs) And just how much you enjoy thinking about it. So I'll I'll ask for your rating out of 10 for that for this one. Uh,
1: since I have nothing else to compare it to, I'm giving it a 10 out of 10. Uh, Makes perfect I, sense. I finally got to force your podcast to talk about The Good Dinosaur, so I had a great time.
0: Yeah, honest to God. And like I mentioned at the beginning of this, I really enjoy... I, I also enjoy the origin stories where it's just like, eh, a car comes to life. But... <laughs> there's something about the ones where we have to really do some mental gymnastics to get <laughs> to an answer that I really dig. So I'm going to give this one uh, a nine out of 10 for me, which ties it for Pacific Rim, which was uh, my favorite thus far. And then our second rating is likelihood and not having to do anything with, Oh, Pixar's going to say, yeah, they got it. like we know that none of these are going to become canon but just this one is how good of a job did we do did we actually connect it in some ways that made some amount of sense uh so what out of 10 do you give that
1: i'm gonna give it a a 6 out of 10. I think there's a lot of good kind of macro ideas around all of this that that lines up surprisingly well. I think the the failing point is that um sort of missing link of when and how they go from dinosaurs to these mechanical exoskeletons.
0: Yeah, I'll I'll fully agree with that. Like I I really like where we went with the manufacturer Uh, because i love tying these into existing things we've said before but while i think that worked really well what i think we sort of failed to do is say hey why would why would they be cars though why wouldn't they just keep (laughs) being dinosaurs (laughs) so i'll i'll give this one a a five a five out of (laughs) ten but like a, a lot of that stuff we were saying at the beginning of like hey they already don't have hands uh, they <laughs> already are creatures of sky, land, and water, and like those, like tiny things, really pushed it. You know what? I'm gonna bump it up to a seven because I sort of forgot about those. I re- I I think this one, we did a better job than we're giving ourselves credit for. So seven out of ten, baby.
1: For for comparison, what uh, what are some of the other scores you've given for that?
0: Sure, sure. Well, let's see. We've given two ten out of tens each those are maximum overdrive which just had a car that looked exactly like mater in it come to life Uh, (laughs) and rubber which ends with the tire recruiting other vehicles to genocide humanity Uh, so those are our ones that we felt like hey we did it this was easy some of the ones we felt bad about were pacific rim We did an okay job for for Pacific Rim. I loved the theory. It was just a dumb theory. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Supernatural, the show Supernatural, which we really just Just did to talk about the fact that the car went to heaven at the
1: end of Supernatural. Yeah, yeah, based purely around the car in heaven. (laughs) But
0: that will obviously do it for us (laughs) for this episode. Uh, This first episode of the Kachat Side Roads. (laughs) I want to thank everyone for listening to this episode uh and obviously a huge 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 thank you to my friend rob miller who (laughs) agreed to come on to this very dumb podcast and talk about uh two pretty disparate pixar movies for a while (laughs) so thank you rob i really appreciate it
1: thank you for having me it was a blast
0: can the folks find you anywhere if they feel so led
1: to do so Oh, they sure can. At Rob hashtag Rob on, I think, all of the things. I think that's my Twitter and my Instagram. Um, And most importantly, my TikTok, where you can watch me do various little crafts and things.
0: And that is the word
1: hashtag spelled out. Yes, the word (laughs) hashtag spelled out. I don't think it will let you do the symbol.
0: Yeah, Uh, I I kind of doubt it, but just in case... (laughs) (laughs) folks get a little confused you may already know rob from tiktok because he's had a couple a couple hits on there so maybe you're you're already following him once he put a bunch of spoons in a lake and and pranked his dad
1: i sure did so
0: there's that uh (laughs) but anyway if you do want to send us an idea for an episode you can do so on our email, which is uh, thecachat at gmail.com, or you can follow us and tweet at us on Twitter, which is at thecachat, all one word, no hyphen in there. And what does John say at the end of the episodes? He says, he says, remember to like, comment, and subscribe, which, unless you're listening on YouTube, which we do post these on YouTube, unless you're listening on YouTube, you can't do some of those things. But if you can do those things, please do them. Uh, but most importantly uh if you haven't please leave us a review specifically on itunes but on any podcatcher of your choice well that's great that's just nice of you quite frankly uh and recommend this to a friend i don't know we got we're doing weird stuff rob's on here it's not john that's the first time that's happened woohoo and anyway <laughs> till next time i'm lucas southworth and he's rob miller and don't forget to float like a
1: cadillac and sting like a an apatosaur it's a dinosaur
0: yep got it in one baby nailed it (laughs) bye